Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Greg Oliar. I love talking to Greg, and this is the first time in 2022 that he's back on the show. Before we get started, though, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers, I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Hi, thanks for having me back. First time in 2022. So the last time, I think you were my first, I think you were my first guest of 2021. And that was on fucking January 6th. So <laughs> I do recall that day. Yeah, I that was crazy. Other things were happening. Yeah. That were maybe ever so slightly more important than us recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, definitely. There's so much to talk about. And then you wrote something that I want to go over. Um, but before we get into all the obvious Putin World War Three stuff, um, yeah. I did see today that Boris Johnson is basically announcing the end of almost all uh, restrictions. So that's going to be coming here soon. And from what I've read, this new variant is still up in the air as to whether or not it's going to be a real threat. Uh, it looks like it's certainly a threat, but it may not be quite as bad as Omicron. Um, I don't know. We'll see. So what are you, what are you, where are you in this whole debate of mandates and masks and whatnot? Well, before we get to the mandates and masks, um, I want to talk about you. Can we talk about you for like two seconds? Sure. There? <laughs> okay. So you've been posting a lot of, of pictures on yes. Twitter. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just I'm just checking that. I'm just making sure you're okay because you, you're posting these pictures and you're like, this was so long ago. And honestly, you look the same in all the pictures, whether they're from last week or 1990, whatever. So I just want to assure you that everything is fine. You know, are, are you good? Are you okay? Are you, you just I'm being reminiscing. nostalgic? Or what, I'm being nostalgic on? and reminiscing for two reasons. Um, okay. Number one, because everything sucks. You know, like yep. who, who the fuck thought? As a Gen Xer, who thought this was going to be our fucking reality? And so, yes, it was like, yeah, I mean, I, I know I've been posting pictures for several days, but this goes back to several days. But for instance, yesterday was one perfect example. I was just like, I was just laying around and I was impatient and anxious and I just felt like reminiscing. So I went and I got my, uh, my, photo albums and stuff like that and like I put a picture of me and my dad blowing spit bubbles in the 70s which was one of my favorites and that's then, a good picture yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. it was funny someone complimented my dad they were like your dad was hot and yeah my dad certainly got around but um he was definitely you know considered handsome guy, uh, he, handsome was, guy he was sure. a, he had that fucking hair though um but everyone loved they loved his hair so uh it was the time to have that hair and then let's see the other thing is just again it's like, I, I, I did Stephanie Miller, and, and I'm, I swear to God, I am not fishing for compliments. And I talked about this with Michael Stern the other day. But, you know, I'm going to be 54 this year, and I do believe that I am aging well. 
but at the same time, I when I was on Stephanie Miller and I did a Zoom thing and then I did a little screenshot for my Zoom and I was like, whoa, I can totally see my age. And some pictures more so than others. And so it's like, it's, I'm not mourning my youth to a degree I am because I mean, don't we all like, wouldn't we all want to have that firmer skin and, you know, and easier to lose weight and all that stuff. But mentally speaking, I like where I am. I, I would absolutely not want to go back. But you know, now there's two reasons to kind of long for that time, which is where, again, you had this firmer skin and whatnot. And we, you know, we weren't on the verge of fascism. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I go back and I'm just kind of reliving some of these things. And then when I see that, I, I'm like, oh, I can see that I'm looking older now. And it's only going to continue. And I'm not like, I'm not complaining. It's just that I see it. And it's funny because my mother has talked about as she's gone through the aging process, she's reminded of her mother who would look at herself in the mirror and go, what the, who are you? Like, I don't even, I don't even know who you are. Cause you know how, like when you just always feel a certain age for me, it was 17, 17 and 26. And then, okay. when, and then when you're like older, like when you're visibly older and when you're like on that um, path to old peoplesville, you yep. know, you're like, there's the time in puberty where you have this quick, like very quick thing. You, you go from looking like a kid to kind of looking like an adult pretty fast. And then yes. you have all these years of basically looking the same. And then, you know, I'm post menopause now. And I've heard that, you know, the, the years start to wear on you faster. So I expect that to happen. And kind of that's where I am. It's like, wow. And then, okay. And then there's the other thing. I spent a fucking shitload of money on all these headshots and <laughs> and I really got nothing for them. So it's like fuck it, put it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm that's that's where I, I am. Totally yeah, I felt like you I felt like you you were going through something like what you just expressed, but you know, <laughs> the thing about Gen, Gen X and, and 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 you should we should know this, you know, we were we were brought up into a world in which in which the the baby boom generation was going to make our lives miserable. <laughs> and um here we are with a 70-year-old botoxed fuckhead in, in Russia um threatening to end the world. I know. That's and um that's, you know, that's where we are. So, um you know, nothing has changed, man. It's all the same. Well, and you know, it's uh, funny because I, I, <laughs> I look at those photographs and, you know, I mean, th there was a critical eye that I looked when I was 20s and my 30s. Oh, my face looks like a box here or whatever I thought. And then I look at them now and think, Jesus Christ. And I, I knew when I was younger that I was going to look back on how critical I was of myself and think, you stupid fucking idiot. And I knew that. And here I am older, looking back at myself going, of course I didn't recognize what I had. And, and, and it really does kind of chap my hide that at least once a year I would spend, say, $1,500 on these stupid fucking photographs, which I hated. I hated photo shoots. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God, I yeah. hated them. They were so awful. And part of the reason I hated them was because they always wanted to do them outside, and I have blue eyes, and they're extremely sensitive. So they'd always want me to stand where the sun was shining on my face and I couldn't keep my eyes open and they'd tear and my makeup would mess up. But anyway, so I'd spend all these money, all this money on photographs that I hated having taken and then I would give them to whatever loser agent that I had and they would never go anywhere. They would just sit. 
And so it's like, you know, year after year, you're spending thousands of dollars and you're getting nothing from them. And it's like, well, I might as well get a little bit of use out of them now. And here's how I look at it. One day I'm going to die and I don't have any kids. And if, if the earth is still around and we haven't completely destroyed it, uh, the internet will go on and my photographs will live on the internet. And that's, that's what I'm going to be leaving because I don't have anything else. <laughs> I have my podcasts and my pictures of my youth. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you know, but I, I feel like my, my thing about how I look is that if I'm looking in the mirror and I think to myself, boy, I really don't look good today or I look old today. What I do is I stop looking in the mirror. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to not look there. That's anymore. a really good one. Um, that reminds me yeah, when, like when I... <laughs> the other day, like two days ago, I was in bed and, uh, and my cat was like curled up on me. Like he was like, you know, right in the crook of my arm Aww. looking up at me. And it was kind of cute. And I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of this. <laughs> and every picture I took, I looked, I, I looked, I mean, wretchedly awful. I mean, just indescribably bad. And, uh, you know, like you couldn't get it. Like, oh, I got these nose hairs going <laughs> I'm like, I, is this what I look like? Like, why doesn't anybody say something to me? I don't understand. You know, and then I thought, I'm going to just stop taking this picture now. And then I won't have to worry about it. And then you won't have to worry. Well, yeah. that's, it, that's like when I was, I was probably like six, five or six. And I was in the bathtub and I had a bit of a stomach and it wasn't terrible, but I had a bit of a stomach and I didn't like it. So I just looked up. <laughs> there you go. That that's was... what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the thing to do, you know, because everybody's got flaws and who cares? Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all, uh, I don't know why we're designed in this way that we're so self-critical that, that we make ourselves crazy. Yeah. I, it's, it, it, is, it really is a design flaw. I think when they release yes, humans 2.0, maybe they could fix this. If there's like a patch that we can download, you know, is it, maybe Elon Musk can work on this. Yeah. Maybe he can uh, and do something good you know, for, for a change. Yeah. For once, <laughs> well, know, I, you we know, I mean, it's, the, it's uh, also funny too, because, you know, as a Gen Xer, it's kind of weird now to look at my generation and to me, they just look like boomers. It's like, wait a minute, you look like a boomer. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's yeah, very but, odd you know. to see aging Gen Xers. And in a way I kind of love it. Like for instance, uh, Bob and I have been watching on Saturday night. We watched before sunrise, and then last night we watched before sunset. Have you seen that trilogy? I've seen all of them. Yeah, and, they, and I love all of them. Yeah, because, me too. Yeah, you know, because they're just they're just fun. Yeah, they're totally fun. And my favorite one though is before sunset because I think the reason it's my favorite is because they get together. And that's um, the one, that's the second one. Right? Yeah, it's the second one. Yeah, and that's I my also, favorite too. Yeah, that's, and that's I I like that they had. Um, that they were able to talk about the time they missed each other. It was like a fucking great. I loved it. And yeah, Cel Celine yeah. reminded me of me. Like I was watching it last night before sunset and there was this part where they were in the taxi or in the car on the way to her house, right toward the end of the movie. And she had a little bit of a freak out and she was angry at him. And, um, you know, he came back to, to see her, but he was married and she was pissed. And it was like, I don't know, whatever she was going through in that moment, it totally reminded me of me at that age and how I was. And so it's like, that's the other thing. It's like watching those films. Um, I watched Swingers not too long ago. It's like taking a, a step back into my youth and just like looking at the fashions and and how we were all thinking at the time. And it's just, you know, my grandmother... I would call her up. She lived to be 93, and I'd say, what, what are you doing? And she goes, reminiscing. 
<laughs> so I guess, I guess I'm in that I'm in that fucking phase of my life now. I'm just reminiscing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rupert Murdoch is going to be 91 years old in early March, and he's not reminiscing. He's still trying to actively kill us all. So that's true. Yeah, you know, maybe we should take a take his lead. And uh, you, know, you know, when I'm 91, you you too could be married to a woman 25 years younger, know, really, and, and on a yacht and trying to um, destroy humanity to make more money. You know, we. We should have these aspirations for ourselves. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so let's get to the politics. Let's go back to that question. So where are you on the mask mandate situation? I feel like, I mean, I don't. first of all, I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I haven't really been paying that close attention, like only to the point of, you know, is the wave coming? I live in New York. We're usually, you know, the first thing mm-hmm. to get hit when a wave happens. And um, and therefore the first one to be free from it when mm-hmm. it goes away, although you know it's obviously this is still a crisis. There's yeah. you know there's three thousand people a day dying, and it's one of these things that I don't know. We've sort of collectively decided that we don't want to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's that's just how it's going to be. I mean, you know, as a society, if 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 that's how most people in the society want to go about their business then you know then that's just probably what's going to happen no matter what but um you know i feel like we do need to go back and look at how we got to this place i mean the new york times ran on the front page when it hit a hundred thousand people dead they did that front page where they listed all the names Mm -hmm. and that was a hundred thousand people dead it's 10 times that now right that we know that we know of i think that the statistics are probably skewed low mm-hmm. because of a variety of factors but uh that is a lot of people yeah i mean that's a lot of people and that doesn't count the long covid which i know mm-hmm. you've been you've been uh, vocal about you know talking about it doesn't count anybody we don't know about it doesn't count people that were that were sick for long periods of time yeah. it doesn't it doesn't count the economic impact the adverse economic impact that it had um you know, and I think masks are just, you know, you think, okay, if you're going to go to a restaurant and you're going to sit down and eat, you can't obviously wear a mask mm-hmm. when you're sitting down at a restaurant. So it makes zero sense yeah. logically that when I walk into the restaurant, I should have a mask on and then take it off when I sit down. Yeah, It's not going to protect me, but it's almost like a, um, a normalization thing. I think it's like right. a politeness thing. Yeah to wear it so you know i'm gonna i'm certainly gonna keep doing that i'm gonna do it at the you know but a restaurant is a choice you mm-hmm. can choose to go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and, and and you know and i'm sure the people that work there are happier there they they, they don't want the restaurant to close yeah. and you know all this kind of stuff but if you go to like the food store or the drugstore or uh the bank you know places that everybody must go to sometimes mm-hmm. where it's not really optional it's not entertainment i mean yes. i feel like those are the places that really do need to mm-hmm. keep those those uh restrictions in place for everybody's safety and yeah. and you know because there are people that can you know uh everybody can choose not to go to a restaurant but you have to go to the to, to the doctor's office you know right, you, have yeah. to, you have to go buy food for your house or whatever so um you know it's unfair um you know for people that 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 are you know compromised or or older or, mm-hmm. or whatever um you know to to for me to to be like ah fuck it i'm not gonna wear a mask because i don't feel like it anymore i mean it's just it's just not fair and it's inconsiderate and um it's just bad form i had on um 
a gentleman named Mark Borey um, on my podcast a couple weeks ago. He lives in Ottawa, so we were talking a lot about the trucker thing, but he made a really interesting point. He said, don't you feel like COVID is like a morality test? You know, how much do we care about mm-hmm. the poor? How mm-hmm. much do we care about the old? How much right. do we care about the sick? And I, I think that's an interesting way to think about it. You know, some of these people who are, um, you know, obviously the MAGA people, they don't want the masks. They want their freedom and all this stuff. They just don't fucking care about no. other people. And and this is not a surprise. That's right. always been their brand. You know, they just, they don't care about other people. They just don't care if people die. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's really the thing we have to, you know, bring back. Like that's the, the way it should be framed is we're, we care if people die. We care if people get sick mm-hmm. and we care to go back and look at this thing and ask, why is it that a million Americans are dead? Whose yeah. fault is it? Yeah. It's not some Chinese Wuhan fault. You know, the thing that right. got here, got here. What happened when it got here? Mm-hmm. New Zealand doesn't have the deaths that we, that we've had. Canada yeah. doesn't have the deaths we had. The United States has the deaths we had because Trump, Trump. Pence, and Kushner intentionally sabotaged the pandemic response mm-hmm. to score political points and to make money. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. A million Americans are dead. And nobody seems to be talking about this very much. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that, something like that, death, plague, contagion, isn't something that crosses political boundaries yeah really don't we want to not die i guess not <laughs> you know I, I i don't know yeah. so that doesn't really answer the question i guess but uh you know well no i, I mean feel like... yeah that's where that's where you stand on the mandates and i mean you're gonna keep masking that's how i'm i'm gonna keep masking for myself and for others you know just uh yeah. that's what makes the most sense and then you know what was i just gonna say um you were talking about Trump people not ca- not caring. Well, there there's the Trump people not caring. Then there's also like the far left crowd, who are not necessarily coming from the MAGA point of view, but they're thinking, you know, that oh well, I take lots of vitamins and I'm really healthy. And I think, oh God, what's his name? And I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, he's uh, he's a progressive Tom Tom Hartman. You know, Tom Hartman had a really good comeback to that, which was, well, if you, you know, if you're saying your your immunity is so strong and you're so healthy, would you go and have sex with somebody, you know, who had an uh, an STD without protection? Would you do that? And I think it's the same thing uh, with this morality test. I'm I'm so curious. It's like, what about the people who think like these? I know somebody in particular who, like, he was a Bernie supporter. And he was a bit of a Bernie bro, uh, whereas I used to be a Bernie supporter, but I wasn't like that. And um, his whole thing is like, well, you again, you just take your vitamins and you do everything you build up your natural immunity. Do I think that he is coming from a place of not caring about other people? No, but he I think he's misguided and he's incredibly arrogant and he thinks that. I don't even know. I don't even know what that. It's it's extremely selfish thinking. Yet it's kind of cloaked in this. I care about everybody, but it but it isn't. You know, 
It's like MAGAs are just like, fuck you and fuck your feelings. They're not even afraid to say it. But then there's this whole anti-vax crowd that's kind of on the left. And they like to put it, they, they act like, oh, I'm just going to grow my own vegetables. And, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do everything natural. And, every, and I'm going to avoid getting all the sickness. And it's bullshit. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be healthy. I'm not saying you shouldn't make an effort to be healthy. But it's like, hello, <laughs> you can't just will COVID away. Um, but I think I think we make a mistake if we just shut down the mask mandates now, because I think it was was it in Denmark? You know, we saw a spike of COVID cases when they got rid of all their mandates and that toothpaste ain't never going back in the tube. We already fucked up. I think the CDC already fucked up last year when they said we could take our masks off. And then of course, like five seconds later, they had to change it. And so it makes it even that much more difficult for people to feel like, oh, they keep telling us to do this and they keep telling us to fuck it. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And then I worry about my dad who had cancer and a heart attack, you know, like, well, what does that mean for him? So, you know, but like you were saying, this is what they, people want now. This is how they want to go. So what are we supposed yeah. to do? So I'm just going to be as safe as I can and hope that no more variants show up that just, you know, eat through us again. But I don't yeah, know. We'll I mean, see. That's the only thing to do. But I, I, you make a good point, too, that this isn't just a MAGA thing. It is actually a bipartisan thing. Yeah. Or, you know, there are people on the left. The first time i heard the batshit crazy um talking point comparing fauci to uh dr mingley oh my god was not from some MAGA person it was right. from this you know super lefty progressive guy here where i live who who is a, owns a, a media company wow and um and i was like holy shit this mm -hmm. wait, you're you're anti-vaccine like <laughs> really but he was he meant it you know mm -hmm. he thought that that oh my god for the government to mandate this thing is fascism and whatever the hell he thought but yeah. it's like you know if, if you don't have uh governmental action on a, on a mass scale mm -hmm. with pandemics bad things happen quarantine yeah. was invented in ragusa during the plague the, the entire idea of quarantining sick people had not existed until the middle ages when wow. someone there figured it out and you can't even do that basic thing without you know having restrictions on people's mm -hmm. freedom right? right you can't yeah. do it so in a sense the mask the wearing of masks or the getting of vaccines is, is similar to just hey if you're sick and you have this horribly contagious disease you need to go over here with the other sick people and and, and away from the and the people who are not yet infected yeah but it, you know if you can't impose that okay it's all chaos everyone will mm -hmm. get sick at once and then you're really screwed so I don't know. It, it, it's. Uh, I am hopeful that um, we, you know, we're closer to the end of this mm -hmm. than, than mm -hmm. the beginning, and that you know we're probably going to have to keep getting these these mm -hmm. boosters every six months or however long it is. And great, fine. Yeah, I'm happy to get a booster so that I don't get this horrible disease that might kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone should feel that way. I don't. I don't know. You know why they don't. But yeah. oh yeah. Well, I mean, look, Fauci. He was on Chris Hayes the other night and he wrote an essay basically saying we are coming to the to the end of the worst part of it. Now, again, this relies on the fact that no huge variants are coming, you know, like the surprise Omicron shows up on fucking, you know, I, I just will never forget it. It's Thanksgiving morning. And what do I see? Mm. Trending variant. And I'm like, no. And then, of course. So 
if we can just keep this thing, you know, where it's going right now, where it is slowing down, I think we could be facing, I mean, from what I understand, it's going to be kind of like last year in that we will see the summer months, things will be easing up. And then I believe, I don't remember which experts it was, but it was an MSNBC panel. And they were talking about how they believed we will see more surges again this holiday season. But it really just depends. It depends on if there's no new variants, then I don't know. I, I would imagine the surge will not be as terrible. But I could see where that would come into play because we're not going to ever get rid of it. People can get reinfected even if they've been um, vaccinated. So it does make sense that a you know family time indoors, we're going to see a spike. But that will just all depend on, again, whether or not we have a new variant and, and how all that's going but and how many people are getting boosted. And he, you know, Fauci actually said that for young people under 30 who are healthy, he was expecting that you may not have to be boost or boosted or, or I should say maybe every five years. So I don't know. We'll see. That would be fine. I mean, yeah. and, and again, I am not in any way, shape or form a scientist, <laughs> like not even remotely. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but, and I don't want to ever give that impression. But my, my my understanding of how like mutations work with this stuff is that as these things mutate, they're trying to survive longer. Yeah. So to, if, if, if a thing comes in and immediately kills the host in, in, in two days, that's actually inefficient for the virus living. Longer. Right. Yeah. What it wants is to be more mild so that it can jump, you know, from place to place and, right. and, and survive. So um, I think we have that sort of on our side. I don't know. I don't like these names for these things because they had there was a variant that was supposed to be a combination of Delta and, and Omicron called Delta Crown. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man, that doesn't sound good. That's anything that sounds like a transformer. I don't that's bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this message. Oh, hey, it's Kimberly, the host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Are you my patron on Patreon? If not, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do a patrons-only show after every free show, and I talk about whatever. It can get crazy in there. So again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out the tiers and become my patron today. Thank you. Okay, we are back. Now I want to talk about Russia. And I really don't. I wish we didn't have to talk about this. I wish we could talk about more fun things. But I did see that you wrote Parallel Lines. And it's in Ukraine. Putin is operating from Hitler's playbook. So will you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, the thing to understand is that, you know, Putin is bad, right? He, yes. he is a, um, an aggressive guy. And what he wants is just to, to, to expand and take. And because he's a criminal, mm -hmm. you know, that's he's a mobster. And that's what these guys want. They just want more and more and more, mm -hmm. more money, more resources, more power, all of that stuff. He's never going to stop unless we stop him. And we haven't so far. Um, so with the Hitler thing, uh, briefly, and I know I'm, I'm aware of the fact that oh, you're just saying he's like Hitler because you don't <laughs> like him or whatever. But it, yeah, know. you know, it's not just that. It's, right. it's how did he get into power? Well, Hitler got into power because he, um, you know, there there was the um, uh, the Reichstag fire, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, first he was chancellor 
under President Hindenburg. Then this fire happened at the Reichstag, and then he used that as a kind of thing to, um, uh, you know, the, the, as an act of terror to mm-hmm. kind of be like, we need law and order, or we need, I'm going to protect you, and, you know, rolled out that kind of narrative mm-hmm. and wound up um, getting Hindenburg to uh, allow them to do what's called the Enabling Act, which effectively gave Hitler dictatorial powers for a period of four years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was it. You know, after that, he just started rounded up people and, and it was off to the races and that was the end. And Putin came to power in a similar way. You know, he he um, there was those apartment bombings around Moscow in 1999. At the time, he was sort of like um, Yeltsin's kind of number two. And nobody really knew who he was. And he used those, which, by the way, he did them himself. You know, that this mm-hmm. is a uh, this is a known thing. Blame the Chechens. The Chechens were like, well, we didn't do that. Um, right, because it, it it wasn't you know it was it was um, FSB I believe the, mm-hmm. the, whatever one that that Putin was working in yeah you know kind of did this blame the Chechens he came in we must defeat these people blah 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 so it's like a you know what what the what the conspiracy people call a false flag and um, and then use that as an excuse to kind of consolidate power and and you know and again there's a picture that I have on my website of famous uh, of Hindenburg shaking Hitler's hand and Hitler sort of bowing and there's a picture that looks similar of, mm. of uh, you know of Yeltsin and, and Putin in mm-hmm. sort of the same posture so you know and once they're in power they slowly you know eat away they get rid of their opponents they jail them or kill them you know depending on what it is they consolidate power they have the Olympics they both of them Hitler and, and Putin both had the Olympics fairly you know, soon after having power to try to, you know, let the world know how great they were. Um, you know, it's just a big uh, propaganda campaign, these these Olympics in 36. And what was it? Sochi was, what year was Sochi? 14, I can't remember. 14? And, um, I think it was 14. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what they do. And now with, with uh, what's going on in Ukraine, it, he's doing the same thing that Hitler did. Like Hitler um, annexed Austria, right? Um, and everybody was like okay that's fine because the people in austria seemed to want that mm-hmm. you know the west had been through the war they didn't really want to fight anymore world war one wasn't that long ago in the past mm-hmm. and they really and hitler knew that they they he knew that nobody wanted to fight you know and uh so he went into austria annexed it this is what he did in crimea you know um putin putin goes into crimea um annexes it and he says oh there's russian people here they voted they want us to be part of russia well it, you that's not how it works mm-hmm. you know it's part of ukraine you can't just march into a sovereign territory and annex it that's not how this works but um you know the government our government the west i didn't want to antagonize him didn't want to do anything so we we did sanctions that were pretty ineffective um you know this is obama administration mm-hmm. that was a big mistake that he made um so Putin sees this. Okay, he's laughing about it because they just he just went in and took this this land from another sovereign nation, mm-hmm. and um, we did the West didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So now um, they have people in eastern U- Ukraine and Donetsk, and um, you know who are Russian speakers, and they're trying to say, well, the, the Ukrainians are being are, are being ag- militarily aggressive and threatening mm-hmm. Russian speakers there. We need to go in there and liberate them and whatever. And this is what Hitler did in the Sudeten, mm-hmm. right, in Czechoslovakia, then Czechoslovakia, in uh, 38, 1938. Um, and he, he said there's people there being mistreated. There's German speakers. We need to go in there because they're being mistreated. The Czechs didn't want the You know, they didn't want them in there. This is it was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh hitler met with neville chamberlain who was the prime minister of england at the time at munich 
um, and basically uh, the agreement was struck. You can keep the Sudeten land, but if you invade Poland, then that's it. We're going to have to fight you. And Hitler was like, I'm so not going to invade Poland. No way will that ever happen. And um, Chamberlain was like, okay, cool. And he went back home and he said, peace in our time. And um, you're not going to believe this, but Hitler then invaded Poland, uh, <laughs> you know, within the year. Mm-hmm. And um, again, using a false pretense, mm-hmm. oh, they, he, he massed troops on the border mm-hmm. in staggering numbers. And then like one Polish soldier does something and they're like, oh no, we have to invade now, right. you know, trying to blame them for starting it or whatever. So that's what, that's what uh, Putin is doing here. Mm-hmm. The Sudetenland is like, you know, the Eastern Ukraine. Um, the Donetsk region, where there's people that do speak Russian there, and uh, you know it is there. There probably are people there that would prefer to go back to Russia, but but maybe not. But the fact is that place is in Ukraine. There's mm-hmm. places in the United States that speak Russian too. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean Putin could just come here and annex them. Right. It's not allowed. You know, yeah. it's not allowed under under the order. So um, again, if we don't stop this, it's like nobody wants war or anything like that. But if we don't stop the guy, he's just going to keep doing it. He's going to invade, you know, he's, he's, there's troops in Belarus right now. He just, that, that just, oh, we're doing exercises there. And Lukashenko is his buddy anyway. So maybe that was bound to happen, but it seems like he's being expansionist. And with these, with these kind of, of leaders, these dictators, um, the only way to stop them is to stop them. Mm-hmm. You cannot let them, you can't appease them. At the time, Winston Churchill wrote, um, an appeaser is somebody who feeds the crocodile thinking it will eat him last. <laughs> and that's what Putin is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it seems like Biden knows this. Mm-hmm. Biden has played this so far mm-hmm. um, very well, I think, um, yeah. because he's calling him out. He's right. saying we have intelligence that Putin is going to uh, do a false flag thing and, and, and set up some bullshit thing and use that as a pretext to go in there. Which is exactly what Putin was going to do. Mm-hmm. So now, what does he do? <laughs> you know, he can't. He can't do that when literally the entire world knows that he's lying. Right. Um, so uh, Biden seems to be putting him on his toes. As we're recording this, it's it's two thirty in the afternoon on Monday on President's Day, and the 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 last thing that I read before coming on here is that now Putin wants to recognize these two little mini areas, the oblasts in Eastern Ukraine as independent countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, we'll see what mm-hmm. that means. Yeah. Um, if, if it's just a negotiating thing, but uh, I think the problem here is that Putin has really painted himself into a corner. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's that much appetite for war in Russia mm-hmm. and there certainly isn't in the West. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've promised that if he, if this gets to a place where he's going to go forward, we're going to cripple them financially, and yes. we can. I mean, I think we can do things to them that will have their heads spin. Mm-hmm. Especially with the oligarchs and the people that really, you know, there's not that many of them, oligarchs. Take their yachts, take their fucking money, and you can't leave Russia. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Have yeah, fun with right. your, your billions that you can't access <laughs> um, in a country where a third of the people don't have working plumbing. Have fun with that. Yeah. And we'll see how long he lasts, this Botox fuck. You know? <laughs> do you, um, do you everybody think- knows it's his fault. You know, do you there's think no, there's no uh, you know, getting around it? Yeah, there. You know, it's not the West's fault. It's not NATO's right. fault. It's your fault. Everything was fine, and then you mobilized the troops, and now we're almost at war. That's your fault. He's the aggressor. Uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. is not. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ukrainians are a separate culture, separate country, historically a separate country, older than Russia, mm-hmm. older civilization, and a more evolved civilization, frankly, uh, th- than Russia, mm-hmm. which has always lagged behind until mm-hmm. recently. And, you know, the Soviets knew that and tried to erase Ukrainian history. 
to try to argue that it was just all part of Russia the whole time. It's not true. It's not true. Now, I want to ask you about this tweet from T-Pain. T-Pain said, Putin has planned a significant assault on Eastern Europe for years, but his plan was most likely designed for a Trump second term where Trump could hand him the old Soviet Union without resistance. Do you do you agree? I don't know. And it's it, in a way it's moot. I mean, I'm sure that that Putin would like to, you know, move into these places. On, on, I had Zarina Zbriskie on my podcast and she talked about um, the real idea that that what Putin wants is a Eurasian sort of network. And that seems to be more what's happening now. Like hmm. Belarus, if you look on a map, there's Belarus and then there's Ukraine and then there's Kazakhstan, if you're going like left to right. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's areas in the Caucasus like Georgia and, um, you know, Azerbaijan, Armenia, where there's already sort of tensions and stuff like that. And now you look at all of those places are kind of unstable, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, Kazakhstan, in the midst of all this stuff that's happening in Ukraine, all this weird shit started happening in Kazakhstan and the government asked the Russians to move in there, um, which they did. And, uh, you know, put down, uh, people that were protesting and stuff like that. Like, you know, the Russians do. Mm -hmm. Um, but that seems to be more what they're after than, than Eastern Europe. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, natural resources in, in Belarus, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan, um, much more so than in like Poland or whatever. Um, I, I don't know that he's interested in that as much as just, you know, maybe wanting a buffer zone. But yeah. that seems to – insofar as he's after something, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that is what he's after. Um, and also, uh, when when Russia was the Soviet Union, which is not the same thing as Russia. The mm-hmm. Soviet Union is a communist empire mm-hmm. that conquered sovereign territories. But, um, you know, Ukraine and Belarus and Kazakhstan were part of the Soviet Union, yeah. whereas Poland and Romania and um, – you know, some of the other countries were not. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some distinction there in his mind. So there's, you know, I've asked a couple of different people this question. I just want to see where you land on it. Uh, there's definitely talk of Putin. I think Bob, my boyfriend, called said the cheese is falling off his cracker. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never heard that before. Um, but do you think that he is maybe losing it a little bit? I've heard I've heard rumors about that, or do you think he's just being Putin? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, he, he's not coming from a position of strength. I mean, I, I've thought this for a while now. Like, his gambit in the United States and England worked almost too well. Hmm. I mean, Trump, you know, is such an obvious buffoon and mm-hmm. such an obvious traitor, at least to most of us um, that aren't, you know, <laughs> Americans that aren't in league with him and, and with Putin. Uh, that it's obvious, you know, and and someone who was quieter about it probably would have served the purposes better. Mm-hmm. And you know, Brexit and Trump, I always maintain, is the same different countries, mm-hmm. same op. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris Johnson is is just, you know, has so many ties to Russia that it's he's almost like Trump in, in mm-hmm. that regard. I mean, at least Trump, you know, his name is Boris for God's sake. So, you know, and he, he's been known to even his friends who are the, these Russian oligarchy guys that he parties with and stuff. And, you know, there, there's reporters that have done done work on this. And, and uh, you know, if, if you Google it, you can go read about, you know, Boris Johnson's ties to uh, to, to the Russians. Um, but 
now everybody knows mm -hmm. you know the, the the cat is out of the bag there's no longer any secrecy about it so he almost succeeded too much so if he's trying to do something we all know what, he, what you're doing man mm -hmm. we know if tucker carlson's ranting about something we know that that's that's basically what the kremlin wants mm -hmm. you know we know how to read all of this stuff now right and um yeah, so I think he's coming from a position of weakness. Also, he's old. He's 70 mm -hmm. years old, which mm -hmm. in Russian terms is old. Yeah. You know, he, he's got this big, stupid, Botoxed face. He's constantly trying to do things to make him look tough and macho. Yeah. And yet he does not. He looks like a buffoon. There was the uh, last in the winter when he went to Siberia and he was wearing, and he looked like a furry. You know, and, <laughs> and it's like, you, you, I don't know if you think you look tough, but you, you are not tough, dude. Tough. And, uh, you know, and I think the reason he has that idiotic long table is because he's, you know, he's not a tall person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he's standing next to Biden, mm -hmm. he's going to be, you know, yeah, Biden's gonna, yeah. probably seven inches taller. Than right, him, and yeah. it's going to be pretty fucking obvious. Right. So, you know, all of that stuff matters. The optics matter yes. a lot to him. Yeah. And uh, so now I think what he was hoping is that this would be a thing where oh, I'm going to show that I'm tough yeah. and I'm this and I'm that. But now he's painted himself into a corner. So he's got one of two, you know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like either A, he's going to invade, which would be a fucking catastrophe mm -hmm, for him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it would be bad for everybody, I mm -hmm. think. It would be bad for the Ukrainians. It would be bad for the military in Russia. It would be bad for us. It would destroy that. We, we will fuck that economy. Um, like I said, I, I, I believe that we will do it and that they will just, you know, really, really feel the pain to the point where they will have to overthrow their own government. You know, I, 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 if nobody can leave Russia... If we if we're like no more visas to anywhere in the West, fuck you. You're staying yeah. in these in Moscow forever. Um, you know that's going to be a catastrophic. And uh, somebody was was tweeted the other day about the troops in Belarus being like not drunk and COVID riddled. You know, mm -hmm. and already like out of food and like, mm. like you know I don't know how great the, these guys they have the the the, the numbers and they have mm -hmm. the weapons and stuff like that. But right, are they really yeah. that good? I don't know. We'll see. Um, so that's one option, yeah. uh, which again, and, and by the way, the Ukrainians on the ground that I've talked to don't think that, the, that he's going to invade, certainly Kiev, mm. you know, he, maybe there'll be stuff in the East, but they don't think that they're, that that's really, there's anything to that. Just FYI. Um, so that's what, that's what the people there think. And then the other option is he just picks up his ball and goes home, mm -hmm. which also makes him look weak. So yeah, either way, he knows he's that. Weak. But yeah. we prefer the second option because right. few, you know many fewer no people death. will die right. or suffer. Yeah. Um, I don't think Putin gives a shit about that no. at all. I think no. he's perfectly willing to sacrifice millions of people so that he he could you know feel a little surge of something down right. his, in his <laughs> pants there. Um, you know, the, usually he. Well, we shouldn't even talk about what 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 horrible stuff that probably gets <laughs> that guy off. But anyway, uh, you know, he, he's a he's a wretched mm -hmm. wretched human being. He's a a, a, a human being and um you know I, I the only thing that's going to save us is he will look at it rationally and figure some way out that might benefit him in right, some way right, and right. maybe he will i don't know i have no idea what's going to happen I, I, nothing oh, really no, surprised I... me i'm not even going to try to predict it because uh, i don't know um do you now correct me if i'm wrong on this but do you think that the the main way we're going to fuck their economy is through oil because isn't that like all they have um, they have their principal exports are um, oil and I think aluminum and also um, um, trolls. 
So those are the three things that they, <laughs> that they export. Um, <laughs> you know, just like just assholery. Yeah. Uh, online assholery. So, you know, I don't know what our what our cyber stuff is and what we're capable of, but since we invented it, I imagine we can control it pretty well. Hmm. Like, could we shut down their their ability to access the internet externally from Russia? Probably. Mm-hmm. We mess with their shit the way that they they're said to be able to mess with ours. Probably. Um, we can kick them off the SWIFT bank, which will you know the banking system, the way that the money moves between countries, and make that really really difficult. We can, you know, just revoke everybody's visa that's a Russian mm-hmm. national anywhere in the West and be like, get the fuck out. You're going home now. And um, and the oligarchs have money. You know, a lot of that money right. is in London or or moves through London. Um, you know, the city of London is, a, they call it London grad because it's mm-hmm. basically, um, you know, they've opened up business in, in Britain to try to cater to these oligarchs and this, this, this horrible money that comes in. But they have the ability to clamp down on that, which Boris Johnson of all people said was going to happen so if they do all of those things uh yeah they can really uh you know curtail the the economy um and yeah we need the oil and we need the natural gas or whatever but there's Mm -hmm. other places to get that stuff in, in in the short term um the other thing to consider is China. You know, does China want this? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No, I don't think they do. China is way more powerful than Putin. Yeah. That guy could call Putin and be like, sit the fuck down and that'll be the end of it. You know, um, I don't think they want him in Kazakhstan. I, I you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. China, we owe China so much money. It doesn't make sense for, uh, for them to disrupt our yeah. capital, you yeah. know, flow. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, Maybe and then, I'm being more optimistic about it. But. Well, no, but that's a consideration. Um, Michael McFaul t- tweeted, this was on the 19th. He said, Biden has given Putin a brilliant off-ramp by announcing to the world that Putin plans to invade. Putin can now embarrass Biden by not invading and blaming the West for beating the drums of war. Take it, Mr. Yep. Putin. Embarrass my president. Small price to pay for avoiding war. So, yeah, that, that was an interesting point. And um, what do you think? Okay. Again, I'm asking I'm asking my guests this now, and I like to hear what everyone thinks as far as nuclear weapons are concerned. Uh, how fearful, if if we if Russia does invade, are you that nuclear weapons will be used? I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, they, <laughs> Ukraine is right there. If they nuke Ukraine, they're all going to feel the the effects. Right. Of that. Yes. It would be like us nuking Canada. Like, yeah. You, can't, <laughs> you don't do that, and um, you know. Do I trust that the, the Russians can, you know, safeguard their shit? Probably mm-hmm. not. Like, if anything happens, it's going to be an accident, would be my right, guess. Right, yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of nuclear weapons, and I don't know, um, you know, whoever uh, listening might not know this, when the Soviet Union dissolved in 91, at the end of Christmas Day, 1991, um, Ukraine had more nuclear weapons than every country in the world except for Russia and the United States. Hmm because wow. of just where the silos were and stuff like that they had a lot of nuclear weapons they had more than china more than france more than the uk um and they surrendered those weapons and they surrendered them in 94 um and they did so with the agreement that russia wouldn't you know invade mm-hmm. and that we would not allow that to happen so when russia invaded the crimea and the united states did nothing we totally screwed them over in in a in a bad way you know, we, we we went back on a promise that we made, mm-hmm. um, you know, that involved nuclear weapons. Uh, so that's pretty bad. And this has this has ramifications elsewhere too. how this plays out. If you're China 
and you want Taiwan, okay, and you know that the United States has pledged that we're going to defend Taiwan, mm -hmm. we pledge we're going to defend Ukraine too, and we did it in 1994, mm -hmm. not in 1945 or whatever year it was with right. Taiwan, right? So um, if we're not going to defend Ukraine, are we really going to defend Taiwan? Mm -hmm. If you're China, you're looking at that and you're like, these guys don't mean shit. They, and, and I don't think we would. I really don't. I don't know what we would do if, if China invaded Taiwan. I mean, if you did a poll of Americans, yeah. we'd be like, no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, sorry, guys. You know, yeah. so it, it but it, it sends the message. And once you that's the problem, it's counterintuitive. Like mm -hmm. nobody wants war. But once you enable these fucking dictators, they just keep going. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at just to we can go back to the Gen X thing now, Kimberly. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, the, the key Gen X event when my high school time was, you know, the first Gulf war, right. Mm -hmm. when, when my friends were like, shit, are we going to have to fucking join the army? No, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then thankfully right. we didn't have to, but um, that was a situation where um, the leader of a country, Saddam Hussein in Iraq invaded a sovereign nation that was his neighbor in Kuwait, which you are not allowed to do. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So, uh, George H.W. Uh, gathered the allies mm -hmm. and the allied forces kicked his ass out of Kuwait. <laughs> and what happened after that? Did Saddam Hussein try to invade other countries after that? No. He did not. No. That was the end of his mm -hmm. territorial ambitions forever. Mm -hmm. So even though we can argue about, well, maybe we should have gotten him, we should have taken Baghdad, we should have done this and that. Really what we wanted to do was to stop, stop him from him. invading yeah. another country and make it known that if he did that, we would come and get him. And anybody who did that would have to pay the price mm -hmm. and that worked it was it was successful you know so it was quick and it was successful it was a, it was a, a mission accomplished so um you know had we not done that he might have invaded saudi arabia he might have kept going you know we don't know right that's yeah. that's how these guys think so yeah. right now the opposite has happened we have appeased putin mm -hmm. every every administration going in there thinking they can reset or they can i'm gonna I'm going to look into this guy's eyes and I can see the goodness in there, whatever H, whatever W said. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're not. He, he is a psychopath. Mm -hmm. And that's who he is. And you can't, the only way to handle people like that is through uh, blunt force right. and, uh, and taking their money. You know? Um, yeah. That's so, it. So, so if Putin, so you're, you're I mean, I, you've basically said this, but I just, I want to hear it again. <laughs> so if, Putin decides he's going to uh, go into Ukraine and attack them. Is is your um, prediction on what happens with Russia? Basically, what you're saying is we, the United States, can make sure that that economy is completely fucked over, which is going to cause Russian people to stand up and perhaps take over the government. You think? Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, wow. I think that it, that's you know, so fucking interesting. You know, unless he does something incremental or something like that, you know, maybe he just goes into this one little area and and you know, and then declares victory and leaves. I don't know what's going to happen or what. Right. Is. Yeah. But if there is a long, in any way protracted uh, war in that part of the world that lasts for any length of time, it's going to be devastating for the economy. Yeah. Uh, for his economy. It just is. Be between the sanctions that we're going to put on him, that's going to fuck up their ability to get money. Nobody's going to loan him money, you know, to pay for the war. And then he's got to pay for the war. So once you're out of ammo, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. it, it, it's really not a, a functional thing. I, if he thinks he's going to just waltz in there and take over Ukraine without a, without a shot being fired, that's not what's going to happen. The Ukrainians right, yeah. will fight. We fight. will. We will help. 
the West will help, NATO will help. It's going to be a shit show. And, you know, we hope that it does not escalate into that. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that this is all just sort of saber rattling a little yeah. bit to some degree. Um, and, you know, and he's trying to get I don't know what he wants, really. But, um, you know, like I said, so far, Biden has played this really well, mm-hmm. as, as best as I can tell. Um, I, I, I don't think that I would have done anything differently than, than what he's done. Maybe I would have, you know, I would have done something sanctions wise by now, just to, just as a little like, yeah. Let me Slap. give you a little taste, yeah, but let me uh, maybe you. he doesn't yeah. feel that it's time, and I'm not going to criticize that. Right? He, he knows those guys are in much better position to know what to do than I am. So, <laughs> um, you know, and when to, you know, because then it, it, what if you do that and he uses that as a pretext? You yes, know, there's exactly. lots of things right. you got to think through. So, um, you know, I think Biden has been really uh, clear about what the mm-hmm. what the rules are. You know, this is the line. If you cross the line, you're going to feel pain. Don't and, fuck with you know, me, man. And that's, what's, and that's it. And, and uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so what I want to, like, interject here, just for fun and shits and giggles. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think I've told you about this, but I don't remember. But, you know, in 2020, while I was really scared and worried about, is Trump going to win, um, I do what I normally do, and I go on the web and I start searching for political predictions, right? Like people are going to make political predictions. And I found this website where all these psychic people were making predictions. And they, okay. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's fucking, I've got like, it's when I get scared, I like just have to fill my mind with shit. And, I, and, and of course, if you're going to look that stuff up, half of them are going to say Trump's going to win, and half of them are going to say, you know, Biden's going to win. But you just, you know, it's just filler for me. So, but th- this, but but th- I want to make a point about this because I thought it was fascinating. Uh, in 2020, okay, let, it was a website where again it was a collection of all these different psychics, and throughout the year they make random political predictions or about the world, about the earth and the climate and whatnot. And then um, they're all kind of collected, and so now you can go on this website and it'll tell you 2022 month by month what the predictions are. And in 2020, I found this, again, because I was freaking out about Trump. And I would say, I don't know how many psychics there are. I have no idea. And their, their predictions are like a sentence long or two sentences long. Um, but the majority of them predicted that Biden was going to win. A few predicted Trump was going to win, but I would say 80% of them predicted Biden. And so they were correct. So then at the beginning of this year, I... I looked at that site again because, you know, here we're coming up to election and I was curious to see what they were going to say. And and it's funny because they do have it spelled out. I think these predictions came from June of 2021, but it doesn't matter when it came. The the main in in, in 11 in uh, November of this year, it's unanimous. 100 percent of the psychics are feeling like the Democrats are going to win in the midterms. So that's, you know, hopeful. Okay, we'll see. But the interesting thing is, and I don't remember when they start talking about it, but the times, like, nobody has predicted some war in, you you know, Russia and Ukraine. But what they have been predicting, because they go all the way into 2040, and it's so fascinating because what what the ultimate thing is, is climate's going to fuck us over, but climate is what is going to unite us. And um, I just thought that was an interesting concept, and we'll see if it goes down that way. But they are saying about Putin that he's losing it, that he's, I don't remember the terminology, but it was just something like Putin's getting weaker, he's losing control, he's losing it, something like that. And there was 
one where it was about how he was losing it and then there was another about I think it might be in 2023 but it could have been 2022 where the Russian people are rising up so I just thought that was like it's good news for the Russian people so I thought hmm you know I mean I'm listening to what you're saying and I I, I certainly hope we don't go to war I hope they don't go to war I should say um but uh, you know, I like to just kind of keep my eye and, and go back and check. And I, I have my patrons only show um, where each month I'm reading the predictions and then we're going to go back and see if anything uh, <laughs> matches up. But, you know, but the thing is, too, and now I want to talk about Kamala Harris because and this is fascinating. Everybody's predicting. Nobody's predicting that Biden's going to be president in 2024. They're predicting it's going to be Kamala. Or they're predicting that it's going to be a black woman, and which basically means Kamala. And then there was another person who predicted uh, like a black woman VP. So um, here, David Roth Rothkopf tweeted, I think you retweeted this. Reports from Munich are that uh, Vice President Harris has been impressive and effective in exchanges with allies as well as public statements. It's not, the narr- uh, it's not the narrative some have peddled, but those are the facts. She's playing a leading and growing role on U.S. foreign policy. Now, a couple of other th- predictions are that she's getting more um, responsibility. And so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, what are your thoughts as far as Kamala Harris is concerned? Do you think moving forward, because, yeah, she's she has been quite impressive and how she's been not surprisingly and how she's handling herself um as of late but we haven't heard a lot i haven't heard you know i mean she's kind of like a normal vice president she's doing her thing and you're not hearing a lot about it but now we're starting you know now that war is on the table she's coming out she's she's really strong do you think her role is going to get bigger in Biden's administration now, regardless of what happens with his health? I think her whatever? role is already pretty big, and I think that the media just doesn't like to report on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the coverage of her has been that's wretched. very true, yeah. misogynistic, racist, mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. kind of mixed together. Um, you know, I'm talking about like why doesn't Kamala Harris um, like why Bluetooth headphone? You know, right? I mean, yeah. just dumb, dumb, stupid shit. So, yeah, of course, Kamala has been, uh, I think, an integral part of that administration from day one. A lot of the things that Biden was doing were her ideas, and you know, and she's involved in a lot of the implementation of a lot of these ideas, yes. and is trusted with. You know, her portfolio is a lot bigger than most VPs. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think Biden is very, con- you know. Um, I think he is, uh, you know, grooming her to take the job. I do. I think he's mm-hmm. trying to show her what to do, um, you know, insofar as he knows just because he's the he, he was vice president already for eight years and, and was in the Senate a lot longer. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's making sure that, uh, you know, she knows what she's doing and, and is trying his best to have people see her doing these things Mm -hmm. you know giving her credit Mm -hmm. as much as he can and 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 stuff like that and um you know as to what happens i mean what i would like to see and what if if we can have a prediction i think as long as biden is is functional uh, you know cognitively which there's no reason why he shouldn't be in three years Mm -hmm. he's going to run and he's going to yes easily yeah, and I definitely we're gonna have we're gonna post one six stuff a lot of these people theoretically will be um you know, uh, in prison 
or at least mm-hmm. d- disgraced to the degree that even even some of the media members will have no choice but to realize that they're bad. Um, you know, the the uh, um, coronavirus knockwood will be even more in, in uh, mm-hmm. you know, the rearview mirror than it is now. Life will return to normal, blah, 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 <laughs> right? So all of that's good. It's very, very difficult. If you go back and look at elections in U.S. history, you really have to fuck up to lose re-election. Totally, yeah. I mean, you know, historically, it, it usually when you lose, you lose bad, and you and it's obvious why. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no the only exception to that in in the last 120 years is H. W. Bush really lost because Perot ran mm-hmm. and that right, siphoned yeah. votes away. But but other than that, you know, you go back and you look at you know uh you know carter lost because mm-hmm. of the inflation stuff and the, and the iran thing and everything else and um you know Her- herbert hoover lost i mean he got his ass kicked because you know it was in the middle of the great depression yeah. and he, everything he tried just didn't work at all um who was the other just one more person in the middle there that i'm forgetting about right now but uh so i think he's gonna run i think he's gonna win and what i would like to see is him retire yes you know stick it out for a year and then be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And he could retire and let Kamala just become president. That would be and fucking then awesome. Let her run the country for three years. Yeah. People can get used to used the idea to it, and then they'll vote. And then for she her. can run right. for reelection at that time. And you know, it won't be controversial anymore. And right. you know, there'll be the, and I think that Biden, I think he would do that. Mm-hmm. He, he is not for a politician. He is a remarkably, small ego right he, yeah he's really a very humble person yes he is uh, at least outwardly for a politician i think right. he cares about his legacy and stuff like that but he's he's really a good guy mm-hmm. and i think it's meaningful to him i think mm-hmm. he, he would like to say i made this happen yes. because of me because of something i specifically did yes uh not you know we we have the, uh, a woman president a black woman president yeah and and, uh, and i made that happen right. and um you know, that's what that that would be my prediction. But um, wow, that makes me you, you, that just like makes me all happy and warm and tingly inside. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think you, you, your your um your comment about predictions and and then looking back and stuff like that and what ifs and, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. They asked um, uh, Chairman Mao in China um, what would have happened if uh, if uh, Khrushchev had been assassinated instead of Kennedy. Uh, you know, in the early '60s, mm-hmm. what 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 would have changed? What would have been different? And he thought about it, and he said, "I don't think Aristotle Onassis would have married Mrs. <laughs> well, you know, I I have to say, I have to say, because I think like there's there's political world, and pretty much you're not supposed to ever talk about psychic stuff when you talk in politics because nobody takes you fucking seriously, and I could totally understand why. Um, especially when it comes to something important, like really important stuff. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from when I was younger, uh, and an actor and like man crazy. I, and I was specifically crazy about this one guy, you know, the one that got away deal. Um, he really didn't get away, but whatever, in my mind, that's who he was. And so I, when I was younger, somebody had said, Oh, you know, my friend went to the psychic and she was really great. So so I had never really been to one, and I was kind of curious about it. So I went to the psychic, and <laughs> she, she was full of shit. And she basically, she told me that there, and this was, I think, when I was starting out in my acting career. 
uh, she told me that there was going to be a doll after me and like I was going to be really famous and I don't know she told me a bunch of shit and I pretty much knew she was full of shit but I kind of liked the whole um at that point I, ha I drove to her house so it's like just the whole presentation of it my mom came with me and it was like it was kind of fun you know and then and then but I went about this guy I wanted answers about this guy and so she told me whatever she told me. And then years went by. Another friend told me, because I said, oh, I wish I could find a really good psychic person. And this woman I knew was like, you know, I, I know this woman, and she predicted A, B, and C. And I'm like, okay, I want to call her. So it was about this guy. And I, she really actually impressed me. She was really good. And over the time that I knew her, because I obsessively called her, um, I obsessively <laughs> called her because I was constantly looking for, like, a, a pacifier. I would, I would want something so badly, whether it was a guy or an acting job or whatever it was. And I just didn't, I was like anxious and I fucking didn't feel like waiting. And I'm like, I'm just going to call a psychic. <laughs> and it's not even that I believed them because if they told me what I wanted to hear, I didn't believe them. And when they told me what I didn't want to hear, I'd go, that's probably what's going to happen. So I was like, like the negative Nelly calling the psychic, but it was just, it was like smoking a cigarette. It was just a pacifier to keep me you know, and then, but I would say in the overall experience of it, there were, you know, a number of times out of the hundreds that I've called, a number of times, let's say 10, where they were fucking way accurate and they couldn't have known because they predicted shit that I didn't even know about. And I couldn't, it's not like I gave them cues and they picked up on the cues. It was like, they just like out of the blue came up with all these scenarios and I, and I was like, whoa. And, I, and so now I don't call those psychics anymore and I don't, I don't have that kind of um, like anxious, although I am anxious about politics. And that's kind of what led me to look it up online. Like I won't call a psychic about it, but I'll, I'll read about it and go, hmm. And like I said, most of the time um, you're going to find half are going to say one thing and half are going to say the other. So what would be the point? But I liked this particular site just because there was a whole bunch of them and they all seemed to collectively agree. But all that being said, I like to do this now really for fun and it's kind of an escape for me because otherwise I get so completely bogged down in fear and I don't know how to like overcome that sometimes. And it's like when I would read some of this stuff, it would make me feel hopeful. And I just think, well, it makes me feel hopeful and I'm going to go with that because the alternative is going down the fear spiral <laughs> and becoming incredibly negative. So <laughs> I just want to put that caveat out there because I, I totally, you know, it was funny when I first started um, Twittering and I was invited to this DM group, there was an astrophysicist in the group and somebody brought up astrology and he got really fucking irritated and you know I mean scientists are usually not into astrology so and that's totally understandable but I remember I remember like whoa okay these two things don't mix and it was like a conversation with a whole bunch of people and they were just making light-hearted uh jokes about being a Sagittarius or something like that and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and he just was like not having any of it and it was like, oh, my God, fucking loosen up. But, um, yeah, I don't take it overly seriously or anything like that. I kind of dabble, and it's just a way for me to have some fun. So there is that. But the last thing I want to talk to you about. Wait, wait, wait. Can I oh, 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 yeah, I, I do that all the time. I need, to, I need to ask you, what do you think? <laughs> oh, <laughs> about all of that? No, I, 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 didn't, I don't need to 
you know, if I in any way sounded judgmental. Oh, no, you didn't. I'm no. Not, I'm not at all because, like, look, everybody believes some crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We, we, we have to. We all do it. Like, there are people like, well, we can't believe in, in this silly thing. Why would you read tarot cards to do that? Right. I'm going to go to church now and play right. to the sky god. You know, it's all crazy. Yes. None of it makes any sense. None of it is rational. The astrophysicist in your DM group only feels that way because Saturn is poorly placed in this fourth house, <laughs> as everyone knows. And, <laughs> you know, the, the main thing is I, I think that prayer is actually useful. Yes, I, I so do I. I don't like organized religion very much, Me but neither. I feel like – and and I think the reason why it is is because it's 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 a way of um, focusing your own thoughts and intentions mm-hmm. in certain directions. Mm-hmm. And I think when people do it collectively, it really does have uh, I totally in some agree. way that yeah. people can't understand. And there's been I think there's even been things that show yes and, and sort of measure it. Well, it's energy. Um, it's energy. Yeah, it's energy. So you know, to poo-poo the entire idea right. of that is 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 ridiculous. Just like look, if you want to defend astrology, like the moon which is however far away it is from the earth has the power to make the water and the oceans rise and, you know, fall. So we're supposed to, the moon then has no impact on people or what 75% what that it doesn't make any sense. Of course it does. And if the moon does, doesn't the sun and if Mm -hmm. the sun does, doesn't Mars and so on and so forth. So even from a logic standpoint, you could make the scientific argument, Mm -hmm. um, whether it has anything to do with, you know, um, Sagittarians or, or, right. or Virgos being meat freaks or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say is um, if I remember, it's been a while since I watched Reality Bites, but if I remember oh, yeah. correctly, one of the ways that Winona Ryder gets in trouble is by calling the psychics. The 1 uh, 900 <laughs> psychic hotline. So now in this golden age, of, it's so Gen X mm-hmm. to be doing this. Yeah. Um, and, in, and now in the golden age of the internet, we don't even have to call anymore. No. We get everything for free. Now, what are the psychics supposed to do? You know, they're supposed to, <laughs> how are they going to make money? Well, I don't know. I hope they're on the PPP, whatever it is. <laughs> Oh my God, I forgot that she called the psychic. Well, I, I will say, I never called the 1 800 psychics. I always, at least, I found um, I found the ones that were just like, you know, kind of low. I, I never wanted to pay a lot of money either because I just, I always thought it was kind of bullshit if you were $200 for half an hour. I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. I don't care how accurate you, how accurate you are, which I think once I heard somebody on the radio. They were they were interviewing a psychic on the radio and she was two hundred dollars and I thought okay I'm gonna see what that's like to get a reading for two hundred dollars and it was total fucking bullshit and you mm. know and and the and the crazy thing was is again it was the same guy I I had an obsession for this guy for a really long time and uh, another friend of mine said oh yeah I was in it was when I lived in California she's like there was this there was this um psychic in Long Beach and she was fucking amazing and this and that so I thought okay I'm gonna make an appointment and see what this woman says I didn't know her from Adam and it turns out and I'm gonna use the wrong word she was a gypsy but I what do they call them now Roma I think they're called Roma yeah yeah um so but she was and it was so weird because again I was I was going because of this particular man that I was obsessed with and he was he used to be my boyfriend and we had kind of broken up because of a long distance thing and this woman didn't know jack shit and I wouldn't say a thing I was not going to give anything away and most of the time if I would do a reading most of the time they were bullshitting me and I could usually tell and this particular woman blew my mind she picked up on everything. She described him. She picked up that he was uh, living in a foreign country. 
and how we met. There was all these really specific things she was just nailing. And then she says to me, because um, I guess he was he had a girlfriend, and she says, the girlfriend has put a curse on you, and you're never going to be happy um, unless you give me $1,000, and I go meditate on these stones and throw them in the ocean. So come on, come on, honey, sweetie, let's go to the ATM and get $1,000. And I was like, no, I just want to finish my reading. And she would not, like any questions I had for her all from that point on went to how I was never going to be happy. And I mean, she followed me to my car. Okay, sweetie, sweetie, let's just go to the ATM. Let's just go. But it was like, that woman was so fucking good. I never, ever went to a psychic that just fucking one after, and that she didn't know me. She couldn't have known me. And it was funny, the woman that I booked the appointment with couldn't make it. So it was like another person who lived in that house who just filled in. And so she knew nothing. And she was so clear. And she described all these things with specific detail. And then it just turned into, you need to give me $1,000. And, 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 <laughs> and yet her, her ability to forecast the future didn't extend to the fact that you were not going to go to the ATM. Exactly. She and didn't not only figure that, you that can't one get out. $1,000 out of the ATM. Yes. <laughs> it, it's a $500 limit. Uh, <laughs> Totally, um, but you know, but that I you know, I mean, I, I like to go back to the fact that you know, I was so fucking, I was just young and I wanted answers, and I used to, I used to pick runes, and I literally would say that I would go on rune picking frenzies because I would just pick and pick and pick and pick. You're not supposed to. You're just supposed to put your hand in the bag and you pick a stone, and the stone has a little design on it and has a meaning, and you look up the meaning, and you're only supposed to do it once. And I would just ask the same question like 50 times. <laughs> and it wasn't even like I was looking for if I got the answer I wanted I didn't believe it and so I'd go back it was like I was so dumb it had nothing to do with really searching for answers it was just me being obsessive I think I genuinely believe I was just obsessive and I, I was sucking on a pacifier and I would literally smoke and call psychics so I was like I was an I think idiot you're, I think you're on something yeah <laughs> I, I don't know you need to do you need to pick the ruins or, or the tarot or whatever like it's wordle you can only do it once I can only do it once yeah. not me man I just like not even kidding I was ridiculous okay so I want to go on to uh, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the midterms and I've asked you about this before now we don't have the voting rights acts passed yet and I don't know that we're going to get those I've talked to AG about that and she was saying that at the very least we need to make sure that the Republicans can't put those electors in who are going to overturn fair elections so hopefully the Democrats can get that shit together I don't know if we're going to be able to but uh one of you know I was talking about this I believe it was with Michael Stern and you know I was just expressing my fear for you know what if we can't do blah, 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 blah. and Andrew uh, listener Andrew he he commented these things and I just want to see what you have to say about it so he goes here's a few things to consider about the midterms gerrymandering okay. for the GOP has been a wash even favors Democrats that's one point voting restrictions affect poor white GOPers, G GOP voters just as much GOP voters are dying from COVID because they don't wear masks, etc. Donnie has been railing on and on that the elections are rigged, and that's been sowing discouragement among those people. And the effort to remove mail-in voting and early voting really affects older voters. And the point here is that, yeah, even though historically speaking, the opposition power, you know, gets back in uh, in the midterms, that that's not necessarily the case here. So with what Andrew said, where are you? 
I like all of those points. Good job, Mr. Andrew. Um, <laughs> I live in New York where our governor, um, Hochul, um, just signed the new redistricting, and it, that's going to help us a lot. Yeah. Democrats. Like we, and actually, if you look at it on the map, it looks normal. It doesn't look like you know Jim mm-hmm. Jordan's thing, which mm-hmm. looks like a some sort of stain you might found on a mattress and like at a, at a, at a, um, a, fr- a frat house. Right. Um, that's what it, it's not like that. The New York ones look Yoke. like normal districts should look. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I, I think between that and the fact that, yeah, those things can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we're going to have a year now. I mean, we're going to have a whole summer of, uh, spring and summer of, January 6th mm-hmm. uh, testimony, public testimony, live, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, televised. Um, I think that's going to move the needle a lot. Yeah. Um, you have, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not even going to pretend to predict with Trump and, and, and um, the legal issues, but uh, the New York State thing, now he does have to testify. The kids do have to testify. Yeah. That is going to happen. Ooh. And it's probably going to happen between now and the midterms. Um, if if something happens with Russia and we're at war mm-hmm. in some fundamental way, that's that's obviously a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we'll see the 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 act that he that he's done already. Some of the effects of the infrastructure stuff are going to be felt by them um, in a positive way. The broadband, especially, mm-hmm. yes. you know, if we're getting some some results of these things. Like I I feel like with politics, it's very difficult to. Um, you know, really, most of the time we're voting for things we believe in, but most mm-hmm. of those things don't actually impact us personally. Or mm-hmm. if they do, it's it's very, very far away from anything like that. Like, um, you know, I, I am very, very passionately uh, pro-choice, and I, I, I think that what they're trying to do to, to overturn Roe is fascism, and I, I hate it, you know. Yeah. But that does not affect me personally at all. You know, and it never. I'm, I'm a fifty, almost fifty-year-old white guy. Like I'm, I'm not. You know, but there are people that are impacted by that, and there are people that are impacted by lots of these little things that happen. Mm-hmm. For example, Bill Clinton, um, when he was president, one of the things that happened during that is that um, student loans became tax deductible. Right before then, they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that helped me, and helped everybody in our age yes. who had student loans. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing that had a, a it absolutely helped me personally. And, um, you know, uh, just like the, you know, the, the now, now disgraced Andrew Cuomo's handling of mm-hmm. COVID and his decision to shut down, especially his decision, decision to shut down the, the SUNY campuses early on in the pandemic absolutely saved me and my family um, from getting that disease. I mean, there's no way if, the, those, if, if he had been Tate Reeves or one of these other, uh, you know, or Greg Abbott or a governor like that everybody in my town would have gotten sick. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, and that's something that, that really helped me. And once you get that kind of thing into somebody, mm-hmm. it really does make you like the person. Right. It goes a long way, you know? Um, so I think these things that, that Biden is doing with, with the infrastructure, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're going to help in some fundamental way yeah. that people are going to be like, Hey, wait a minute. And also like, um, the, the pandemic, I really do think by the fall is going to be less than mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. It's already kind of, and I, I, you know, we talked about the, at the top, I'm not minimizing it in any way. It's definitely a crisis and mm-hmm. horrible, but it's, this is not going to be like this forever. It's yeah. going to peter out at some point. All plagues do, mm-hmm. even in the middle ages, they did, <laughs> you know, 
before we had any kind of medicine mm-hmm. like that. So when that happens and life is going to resume, we're going to have probably a summer where people are going to be able to travel yeah, and feel good. go outside yeah. and, and have parties and go to concerts and, and, and summer blockbusters and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think people are going to be feeling good right, and yeah. that's going to be juxtaposed with, Hey, it's another Republican who's associated with this attempt to overthrow the government, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know, you add all those things together and you know, who knows, but, um, so I have no idea. I'm hopeful. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see that the main thing is people just have to get out and vote. Yeah. You know, if, if, if there's a big turnout, we win. Always yes, the case. that's just got to be. Just, I mean, I actually it, have yeah. hope. I, I, I feel hopeful. Um, you know, that's going to change from day to day depending on what the news is and, and whatnot. But I'm looking at, you know, I, I was kind of like feeling, oh, if we don't have these voting laws. But as Andrew pointed out, there are other things at play. And, yeah. you know, and people are willing to stand in line for hours and hours and hours. And as long as people, you know, I mean, I do think with the banning these books and the ridiculousness of the Republican Party, the way that they're behaving, it's they're so clearly desperate. And it's just I think it's going to be such a turnoff. It's almost like, you know, the, the Republicans who didn't like Trump, they didn't like Trump because many of them is because he was so vulgar and obvious and that's yeah. kind of how they're becoming right now. They're becoming vulgar yeah. and obvious. And they're turning into Trump, which is what exactly turned off so many voters. You know, these people who showed up to either vote for Biden or not vote at all for the Republican. Um, right. They are becoming that guy. So, uh, you know, I think that works in our favor. But it truly does boil down to we have to show up in numbers too big to ignore. It, we say that every year. And every year it becomes more and more important and, and more necessary just because of the cheating and fighting and all the shit that's going on. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I'll remain hopeful. For you know, the other, another can. thing that just occurred to me, like, it's not a presidential election, yeah. which means that, like, OK, let, let's say you're running Texas, OK, and you want Trump to win again. Um, and if Texas, if everybody voted evenly and was and had access to the ballot boxes, Trump would lose. Texas mm-hmm. would be blue. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and maybe it's less so because it's a governor. Maybe that's a bad example. But but um, the the uh, you know for the congressional districts, like it makes sense if you're trying to screw up Texas for the Democrats to say, okay, in this predominantly blue area, we're going to make it hard for these people to vote. Mm-hmm. But in a if it's a just a congressional vote, it that doesn't help. At all. Right. Right. You, you know, for at least for the Congress seats, you yes. know, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And in any place that's purple, that's evenly divided. Um, you know, if you screw it up, it's going to screw up the people that will vote for Republican. Also. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I, maybe they're less inclined to make it harder to vote right. during the midterms. Hmm. I guess. Um, you know, that's it. I actually, I Kimberly, I know exactly what's going to happen. I do. <laughs> um, but what I'm going to need you to do is go to the ATM, <laughs> and I'm going to need you to get out a thousand dollars, honey, honey sweetie. <laughs> Don't forget to call me, honey, sweetie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I don't know. I I hope I hope that we can make it. That's what you know. I do. I literally visualize that this country stays, you know, at least a democratic republic that you know that we're used to, even with its flaws and even with shit that's messed up. Uh, it cannot go into a fascist society. It just cannot. I cannot accept that. I refused to even go there in 2020. Like people said, Trump could win. I'm not even going to talk about Trump could win. Because I cannot fucking deal. If he wins, then I'll have to deal with it. 
But until then, I am not going to fucking deal with it because it's just going to make me nuts. So, I think Pelosi had a line. She said, somebody asked her, what if Trump wins? And she said, let's not even entertain that possibility. There you go. That's it. Yeah. I cannot even yeah. entertain. And, you know, I'm going to end this podcast on the fact that fart is trending on Twitter. <laughs> I saw that and I did not click on it because, um, you know. I, I don't know anything about it. Whoever denied it supplied it. <laughs> well, that was funny because yesterday somebody named Fart in the Wind, who had four followers, uh, criticized Volatile Mermaid because she said something funny. She said something like she should call herself Hillary Clitoris so the Republican men would leave her alone. And right, right, um, right. so then, you know, Fart in the Wind quote tweeted her and said something like the the left of the morality or, or morality of the left. And I was like, yeah, fart in the wind is weighing in on morality. <laughs> okay, yeah. with four followers. But yeah, so fart is trending. So, is that why? No. But, you know, okay. I, I went and I looked to see if my tweet was going to be up there because I did say fart in the wind. And I thought maybe I'll just be in this little group, but I didn't see myself. So I don't know why fart is trending, except when you click on it, though, what you see is stuff about truth social. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that, I think somebody must have. That's, that's somebody pranked that good. I don't know. I find it's harder to find what's trending. Like I'll click on it and it's yes, not I know. immediately obvious. Yes. I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but yeah. I've yeah. seen that too. Usually I go to latest, but like they'll just show you the stuff that's been around for several hours and then I think, well, maybe I'll click on the latest. But, yeah, I know. Sometimes things are trending and you're like, yeah. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. So I don't know why Fart is trending, but I just figured that would be a good way to end the show. So that's what we're going to do. I think it's going it's going to linger for a while. I think. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> it should linger. All right. Tell everybody where they're going to find you. Um, my, my I'm on Substack. It's called Prevail. If you just type in my name, Greg Oliar, and Substack, it will pop up. Um, I have a podcast. Um called prevail with greg oliar which comes out every friday and i'm on twitter with greg oliar you know, <laughs> not that clever of a name it's just you know just me no 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 uh underscore or anything like that just it's just how it goes well it so, makes it uh, easy yeah <laughs> and yet again easy like sunday morning because that's you and i don't care i'm gonna say that every time you're on the show um so yeah you can find me Author Kimberly, L-E-Y at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. Thank you so much, Greg. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was good. A lot of fun. A lot yes. Of fun. Thanks for having me. All right, you take care. Bye.